0: Following thoughts, opinions, stories, and expressions are meant for those who will appreciate them. If you don't, we hope you keep an open soul to encounter another here on 34 Questions. Peace. In three, two, one what's going on folks welcome to 34 questions i'm your host 34 and tonight we have a very special guest dr st roseman is in the building how you doing doc
1: <laughs> i am doing fine what a pleasure it is to be here on your show i look forward to our conversation as, as,
0: as i as as do i or as i am
1: <laughs>
0: um <laughs> For the folks out there who don't know, uh, Dr. St. Roseman was one of my mentors and one of the adults in my life that I feel like have left an impact way back when, um, back in my high school days. So I want to thank you. And um, for the folks out there who are unfamiliar with the flow of the show, we do some intro questions, some warm up questions just to set the tone. We'll jump into the main interview where we'll turn to the wheel of fate. And then after that, we'll finish it off with a few close out questions. Sound good to you.
1: That's perfect. Let's let's do it.
0: All right. Well, I know I asked you how you're doing, but let me ask you all this time in, the, in between. How have you been? You've been doing well. You've been doing great. How you been lately?
1: You know, I've been I've been good. I've been really, really great, um, you know, it, despite the pandemic. And we know a lot of people have lost their lives. So it's really given me an opportunity to reflect on on those things that we take for granted and just be happy that I am here. I'm with family and, um, adjusting to this, to this new way of life. So no complaints.
0: For sure. For sure. I'm glad to hear Mm you. You're you're doing good. Um, are you still in the Bay area or you, you moved out of here, you know, got pushed out maybe.
1: (laughs) I love, I love the Bay area. So I'm still here. I'm still right in front of the lake, um, Lake Merritt. Um, so I, 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 I love the Bay area. I think I'll always find myself in the Bay Area.
0: <laughs> so, throughout these this conversation, I think I'm going to try to mm-hmm. like fit in some questions I've always wanted to ask you. And okay. um, when well, and I don't know, maybe you've told this before, and it's been just a long time. But are you originally from the Bay Area, or did you like move out here and settle down out here?
1: No, I'm not originally from the Bay Area. I'm actually from the Caribbean. I'm from a small island, St. Lucia in the West Indies. And I immigrated to New York City um, at the age of seven. And I grew up in New York City. And then I came out to California right out of undergrad. Um, I came out with my boyfriend at the time. He he was in law school out here. And then um, I always say that the goal of me being out here in California was to actually meet my husband. Um,
0: (laughs) I got you. I got
1: you. (laughs) So yeah, but I love. I find that the Bay Area is a confluence in terms of the topography, a confluence of of the island and um, and New York, you know, that metropolitan um, metropolitan feel.
0: So you feel like it's a little mix of that. Oh
1: yes, oh yes, yes, yes You know, still have access to the ocean Even though um, mm. it's, you know, Caribbean The Caribbean Ocean is quite different The Caribbean Sea is quite different from um, the Atlantic and Pacific Oceans out here uh, But from the Pacific Ocean out here in the Atlantic in, um, in New York But still, I love being by the water I love, I love um, the climate I just love it, I love it out here
0: awesome yeah that, that's definitely something like mm-hmm. I, I knew you were from the island i've I, now that I started remembering a little bit but it, it was mm-hmm. great to kind of hear your, your your migration story uh my my next warm-up question for you is what would you like the audience to know about you like for the folks who don't know you what would you you know feel like is important to say about yourself
1: wow what would i like people to know about me hey you know i'm I think i'm an educated through and through right and and i am not i was see myself as like a rogue educator right? <laughs> <laughs> you know, okay I okay kind of push kids to like push the boundaries question what they're they're being um told or asked but i think most of all um what i think i'd like people to know about me is that i am a huge lover of animals i love animal and um and i'm not sure if I, I should say this but if i have to say an animal or a human being i think the human being's out of luck um <laughs> that animal is, you know, i'm going all in for the animal
0: i got you i got you well uh, what would you say what it is about animals that kind of draws you to them um, I, I, and for me personally Anytime I look into the eyes of an animal It just kind of feels like there there's some soul Like I believe in the soul So yeah, it makes me feel like Yeah, that's happening I mean, for you Well, how would you describe it?
1: Same thing Same thing it's, it's a soul it's, it's, And I think that um, it's it's this life And, and I feel um, I, don't, I don't see ourselves as being any greater than any living thing Right? I don't operate from that space and I think that um, there's so much joy that animals bring to us. and I'm and I and, and I feel human beings can be so cruel to, to animals. but I like you, I do believe that they have their soul. like you know you can really look into it and the nonverbal communication is just ph- phenomenal.
0: And what's funny about that is that uh, there's animals that I feel like I can connect with right away. And then there's some (laughs) animals that I just feel like, oh, they're not going to like me no matter what I do.
1: (laughs) So I feel like that soul and
0: personality is in there. You know, there's there's some kind of energy or vibe that that's being exchanged and you know even, even though I don't know because we can't communicate like I'm being yeah. sized up by the animal too you know like yeah. oh can mm-hmm. I <laughs> so it always feels exactly. good it always feels good mm-hmm. when a dog and especially a cat like comes to me and I'm like oh snap you know they they know they know they recognize you know what what I'm trying to bring to them and that's always that always makes me feel good you know
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. it like no, I, I, sense? I, I'm with you on that I I didn't think I would like I grew up having the- dogs um as a young child and i actually found a stray cat when i moved to california it was Ashley who named it justice and um and i because i didn't think cats have personalities but they have quite a bit of personality and so i have have dogs and cats now <laughs>
0: uh, how many if you don't mind me asking
1: i have two dogs two cats
0: Gotcha. oh even 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 size yep.
1: Yep. Are,
0: mm-hmm. uh, they've been a handful or you, you pretty much are able to to handle them pretty well
1: they you know, it's this is their space. Like I tell people when they come to our home, it's this is the space of the animals. So they've been they've been a joy. I wouldn't say a handful, they've been they've been a joy.
0: I gotcha. I gotcha. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh my next question for you is if I were to do something in your honor, a way to express the energy you possess, what could I do?
1: I would say um helping people. Mm. Um um, I think it's really important, you know, I, I look at the homeless situation that just exploded. And I think anything that would have to be done in my honor would have to be um in terms of how do you help, how do you how do you think beyond your own personal needs and extend that to someone else? Mm-hmm. And so whether it is housing someone who's homeless, um Um, doing something amazing for a sick child working with animals it's it's helping
0: i got you i got now Mm -hmm. we know now we know what we can do (laughs) yes Uh, and i'm kind of curious as far as the homelessness problem or not problem but issue what's what do you see is like the best way to kind of approach it because or let me ask should i give someone who's asking for money money or is there what should what could I do that would kind of support them other than just you know throwing them cash, you know?
1: So that's a, a twofold question. I believe in um, when I see homeless people, I will give them money. I have friends who have a totally different um, position, and they're like, no, I'm not giving them money. I'll go and buy food, and da da da. And I feel that um, we still need to maintain the dignity of people, and it is up to them to choose what they do with the money. Um, um, some may feed themselves, some may give it away, some may use it for other devices, but that's the choice that they can make. Uh, so I personally believe um that um, in giving them giving them money. Uh, but in terms of of addressing the homeless situation, I just I think that looking at it more broadly in terms of how do you provide comprehensive services for the homeless, how do we address the needs because it's not you're not just looking at folks who need housing you're looking at folks who need health care um, folks who may need mental health services folks who may need to learn how to um, acquire new skills or get back into the job market so it's really providing comprehensive services that can be addressed systemically so that it is sustainable over time
0: i got you i got you uh, at the end remind me to to tell you what my big idea is to okay. to, to help homelessness it's, it's pretty far-fetched but you know I think you've always known I'm kind of a big dreamer um, so mm-hmm. we'll, we'll, we'll get to that later uh, and my last question for you in the warm-up is on a scale from 1 to 10 how well do you know yourself? 10 just the absolute max? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it
1: was absolute, you know why? because I am extremely introspective extremely reflective and so I'm always looking at my um, my strengths, my challenges, and I often um, I'm a person who looks at the glass half empty. So I'm always looking at, oh, well, what's wrong? What do I need to improve? What do I constantly need to improve? It makes people quite uncomfortable. Mm. And what I had to learn over time that um, that I that folks discomfort, I had to become okay with that because. I, I didn't need for it to inform how I process through whatever whatever it is that I'm I'm, I'm going through. Um, for example, I'm a person like if I'm if I'm going through a challenge and pain and I'm in deep pain, I like to go through that pain. <laughs> you mm. know, I do. I like to just experience and go through it. And those who are around me often don't know how to support or what they should do or what they should say and some try to ignore it and i'm like no i'm not trying to ignore what i'm dealing with i I need to be able to process through it i think i know myself extremely well
0: i was yeah i was going to ask you how (laughs) how did you get to that to that 10 i feel like that's what everyone's kind of you know getting to so one of the things about being a 10 um Mm -hmm. I uh, another conversation I've had with another guest is like how can we are we truly a ten when it's hard for us to even see how other people perceive us like there's there's that part of knowing yourself and then knowing yeah. how other people see you um so to make the complete picture are, do you feel like you're you're pretty aware of how how others see you too like this, you know <laughs> through through your experience <laughs>
1: Yes yes I am very aware of how people see me um and it's quite counter <laughs> So how I see myself, so for instance, I think um, in, in, in my work as an educator, I think people see me as authoritarian, which I am. Um, people, I think the piece that most bothers me about what people think, I think because people think that I am authoritarian, they think that I am inflexible and, I, and, and I'm extremely flex, flexible and perhaps a little too, too flexible. Mm. Uh, and I think because um, flexibility and authoritarianism do not quite align itself in the minds of people, and so it's a matter of um, the ascriptions people try to place on you based on what is... But but I think, and it's in the context in which people know me. Um, I remember I, I bumped into a, a colleague from years ago. We were on this week-long houseboat And she said to me, she's like, oh, my God, I didn't know you was so much fun. And so, (laughs) you know, and I'm like, okay, okay. And I think it's because I I do compartmentalize in terms of when I'm at work versus when I'm home and with family and partying. And so I am very aware of the contradictory way in which I think people see me. But it took me, I wasn't aware of, like, when when i was with you with you all with smash i wasn't aware of that then um uh, i think you know frida was one of the people who brought it to my attention some other some other individuals in my um in my work life brought it to my attention i started paying attention to it. and i was like oh okay
0: i gotcha i gotcha mm-hmm. yeah you know you, you mentioned just uh you said that you were a rebel educator uh, what do you kind of mean by by that if you don't mind me asking
1: <laughs> i think it depends on the context right of um where where i've, I've worked in all realms in, in elite private schools and you know in the independent schools the parochial and charter in public and in particular when i think about being in um public in public and charter schools right I think about working with black and brown kids. And oftentimes um, those students are taught to more well, or less be automatons or, or re- re- um, receptacles of information without pushing and questioning where that information is coming from, which is quite, which is in contrast to elite academic environments, which are predominantly white, right? Where those students are, th- they they're coach you know in terms of you must question and so for me with um with working with black and brown students in under-resourced communities right um I tend to push them to you, you know you have to question what you're being taught and I often say to kids that I often say to kids that um we as educators we, we 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 teach from our own biases as well and so do not assume that because we stand before you that we um you know we we don't have our own biases um we don't have our own uh, shortcomings so you must question you must push push the boundaries
0: for sure for sure i I think that's what what you just said there is a good reminder for me as far as like teaching from biases because i am in youth work i know i didn't tell you that but Mm -hmm. um i am currently in in the i'm gonna start a new job in like the next week or so another another new job but i'll be uh training to be like the site coordinator for after school program or a high nice. school and uh, i'm pretty excited because it was a job that i ran away from four years ago i was kind of in line to to take the position but i was like ah, i don't think i'm ready for the responsibility and so I, I i dipped out and it's been one of my biggest regrets so it's been really like it's been the redemption arc for me to to get a call back and say hey position's open would you want to apply and kind of like go through it and now I'm on the on I'm on the path to do that and I'm so excited to to jump back in and into those shoes. Uh, so that
1: is so great. That is so great. <laughs> I'm I'm excited. I'm I'm excited. Uh
0: I don't know. It's it's it took me a long time to figure out, you know, what was important for me and you know, I've I've been in a bunch of different industries, but nothing fulfilled me more than youth like working with the youth or uh, so for you, when did you kind of realize that for yourself? Where you're like, this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. You know? <laughs>
1: you, you know, I don't know if it's for the rest of my life. I'm still trying to figure that oh, out. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to assume. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I don't <laughs> mean <laughs> to assume <laughs> that.
1: <laughs> but you know, I uh, I remember when I was in undergrad, right? Uh, and I... My goal was to, actually as a young kid, was to to be a pediatrician, right? Okay. And, um, and then... And then when I was an undergrad I loved psychology so I was like oh maybe I should pursue that and my, which my father did not agree with and however when I started undergrad there was this um one of my advisors advisors Dr. Hoyt and she was from Trinidad and she said to me um she said Irene you know you should go into education and I was like Dr. Hoyt? Absolutely not. These American kids are rude. (laughs) You can't hit them? Absolutely not. So I went into education kicking and screaming, and I often say that um, I was fortunate that education selected me. And so when I came to the Bay Area, um, there was a program. I did two things. I spent a day at San Francisco General Hospital, because I was, again, still thinking of pursuing medicine. And just spending that day, I was like, no, don't want to do that, right? And then um, there was this program, um, I can't remember the name, multicultural, I can't remember the full name of it, but it was taking educators of color and putting them in elite elite schools um, to address you know, issues of diversity. And so that's how I started teaching. Um, I started teaching at Head Royce here. um, And I was the only black teacher in the upper school and probably one of three black people at the time at that school in the early 1990s. And so my journey through education, you know, I've, I've always, I, It's it's it's. Again, I just feel like I've been blessed. I've been blessed that education has selected me. I love, I love working with high school students. I love, I mean, they drive me nuts, (laughs) but I love, I love, I love the craziness of high school students in particular. And when they begin to make that shift and begin to get a sense of who they are and get to explore and kind of, again, push those boundaries in terms of who and what they want to become and just their own maturation over time. I I love, I love being a part of that. And I love watching young people go through those various processes.
0: Yeah, I I would totally agree with you. I think uh, that's a similar draw for me is um you know i think i know you, you're familiar with the phrase you know be the person that you needed when you were young right and that's that's what kind of brings me back is that it's not that i didn't have supportive people in my life growing up but i know that if i had been more open as a high school student and been more you know i guess i didn't put in as much as i should have and that's like one of my mm-hmm. biggest regrets you know it's a lot of like second guessing myself not really having the confidence to fail so like mm-hmm. i kind of want to instill that with kids now it's like yo it's okay like i'm here with you and we can get through this like i want you to i want you to fail now yes. so you know you can see that there's bigger things after that you know not not so be mm-hmm. f- afraid about the failure so yeah i i will probably ask you more questions about um you know how to deal with not having enough resources but we can can save that save that for another day Mm -hmm. Um, okay well we made it to the main interview um Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: i'll we will turn to the wheel of fate here we go
1: all right okay
0: oh 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 there Um, there we go there we go And just as a reminder, uh, if there's any question that makes you feel uncomfortable or you'd rather not answer, feel free to pass. But a mm-hmm. number three, and you had mentioned earlier that you don't mind just going straight to, to the heart level. <laughs>
1: Let's do it. Let's do it.
0: All right. Here we go. Um, so number three, how would you define depression?
1: hmm of course i would get that question i don't know you know hmm. i i think i would i would not do a great job defining depression because i think i would simplify depression um hmm.
0: it's just from your point of view i know you're not speaking for anyone else but but yourself man. exactly I let,
1: exactly
0: let the folks out there know say. too yeah
1: I, I, yeah, this is, yes, this is, please do not follow my definition. But if I look at it in terms of my, um in terms of, of my, my, my operating definition, depression, I, I would say depression is, is, I would define it in terms of going through a difficult time and feeling like there's no way out of it and that there no there's no one around to support you. And mm-hmm. it's, it's almost like um, it, it's hitting a brick wall and just being unable to penetrate that wall. That's how I would I would um, define depression in, in its most simplistic terms.
0: No, for sure, for sure. I mm-hmm. thank you for for answering. And I know for me, I'm the same kind of way where I would try to simplify something. And i <laughs> I would say there's there's folks out there who always kind of grill me on it. Like it's not that. It's not that simple which which i understand it's just you know mm-hmm. coming from our experience right and for for you if what advice would you give anyone that might be going through you know uh a depression i don't I don't even want to call it a phase you know i feel like phase is like it's not the right way to say it but going through mm-hmm. depression what, what kind of advice would you give them
1: i would definitely seek help I, I i believe in um meeting with counselors i believe in getting support Um, And so I would say, you know, talk to someone, especially in communities of color, we have a difficult time talking to counselors, you know, and talking through whatever it is. And I would say utilize the resources because it is um, the help is out there and we have to be willing to um to, to, to get that help and even if you don't know how to get that help at least just be able to say to someone you know i feel depressed so i feel down and I, i'm looking for help i'm looking for support and i think there's so many people who would be willing to to help
0: for sure for sure thank, thank you for for your answer and uh, i know it's all sometimes a difficult thing to talk about these things uh, thank you for being open
1: You're welcome.
0: Let's give it another spin. Here we go.
1: Okay. Ooh.
0: Number 14. (laughs) Uh, Here we go. Mm -hmm. Number 14, hard.
1: I need to put some light on in here. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Give me one second. Let me just mute myself for a quick second.
0: Go for it. So number 14, this one's a little personal, maybe a little invasive, but what's the worst thing you've ever told yourself?
1: Hmm, what is the worst thing I've ever told myself? Hmm, the worst thing. Hmm. <laughs> no <Don't laughs> worries. I mean they're hard questions. They're hard questions. Yeah, the worst thing I've ever told myself. Um, I think the worst thing would be I'm I'm not good enough, and I'm trying to think of an example, right? Um hmm.
0: That's good that you can't think of an example. So you must have like turn, it, flipped that switch real quick, you know? Like,
1: I I probably did. I did, but I do. I think it's um, it yeah. I, I think it's just basically I, I I'm not good enough. Like if I'm trying to. Oh, if I can, wish I could get, get an example um, I know what I, 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 I in my 20s, in my early years, um, like I never wanted to be um, an administrator, a school administrator mm-hmm. I when well, I don't like it <laughs> I, just, I just you know I just, I did not think that I was, because I knew I wasn't a traditional educator and I liked to push the boundaries and kind of break the rules Um, I never thought I could be um, a good administrator because I I don't like um, and I think there's so many things about education that has to be revisited and revamped and so I didn't think I would be one who would be able to follow the status quo as an administrator and so for instance let's say um again this is probably before you were born except way back in the early 90s you know um when incident school it was just drill and kill right you just had to tell a kid what to do and you they couldn't give you any feedback and i was just so anti that right and gotcha. so in being an administrator. I would tell my teachers, I would say, don't do it. So I, I used to think that I, I couldn't be a good mistress, and I thought that I was actually a damn good one. <laughs> <So>. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's funny as when, when we saw you as the director of our program, uh, I think like you would you would dig deep with us or try to like figure out what our thought process were and i think i mean i could only speak for myself but it did feel intimidating a little bit because i was like i thought that was that's all i had to know you know that's all i had to think Mm -hmm. about but you you know kind of challenging us to think more about it you know made me really think like well it really expanded my thing or got me comfortable with also thinking deeper and you know Mm -hmm. the reasons why sometimes or like what what's more than that too Mm -hmm. No, for sure. I think you you delivered that to us for sure. Um, and yeah, I mean, I'm sure you've heard it from the people who've worked with you and people who've worked under you that it felt like you really had great leadership. Um, and even from the kids' perspective, I think, like, even though it, you said you were authoritative and, yeah, I would agree with that. But for some reason, it always felt like there was love behind it. You know, yes. it was it wasn't like... You know, you were being authoritative because of your ego or anything like that. It really felt like it was coming from a place that was warm. Um, and I think that's why, you know, no matter how intimidating you were, like, as a kid, we were still trying to, like, get to know you as a person because it, it felt like there was more to just than, than that, you know, than the face you were showing us. Um, so, yeah, I don't know if you remember. Well, we talked about this uh, the last time I seen you about 12 years ago. But it was that that moment where you kind of, like, uh you bought because we were complaining we were kids we were trying to say like things were unfair (laughs) and uh Mm -hmm. you kind of laid (laughs) laid the hammer down on us uh but you said it was like it was already pre-thought as far as like which kids you were setting up for everybody else to kind of believe like oh this is real like this shit is like really happening and it changed our behavior changed our the way we were we were working at the time um it whipped us into shape I'll, i'll tell you that uh how did you come up with that? Was that like all from your creative mindset or was it kind of like a team effort where, I don't know, as, as a staff, did you guys come together? Like, how are we going to nip this in the bud kind of thing?
1: Um, it's, you know, it comes from experience. It, it really does. Um, because I think when I was with you guys, like 30s, early 40s, um, and it's, you know, after you work with kids for a while, uh, you, you get to learn the different personalities and you also get to learn... Um, which kids you can push in what sort of settings, right? Uh, and, and as well as we had such an incredible, I love the team, um, the staff that I worked with. And many of them were young. Some of them were probably like five, six years old, just five, six years older than than, than you all. And um, so it, it, it's that collective mind together as you learn about different kids and staff members tell you what they have learned and then thinking about them, what's the environment that we can create and how can we get the kids to because I always believe in these young people um taking control of their situation and taking control of of um whatever academic environment they're in even though we we kind of corral you guys into how to move within that um, but we do want you to feel like you are discovering this new sense of self, or you are you are creating these opportunities for self, right? And so it, it is it's a lot of thought, it's a lot of experience, and it's um and some of it came from you know earlier years as a young educator making mistakes and learning um and learning you know not making the assumption that every child you can you know you can you you can approach in in the same in the same way there's some kids that you can really push them they're the kids where it's a constant negotiation yeah and it's a give and take so so that's how we worked with you all by really getting to understand who you are observing you um even laughing at some of the things that you all got in trouble about. I mean, we didn't tell you <laughs> about it. Right. Yeah. yeah. But we would, you know, we'd have the face like, can you believe this? And then when you all were sleeping, we were like, Oh my God, wasn't that funny though? But I, like, I was so mad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm definitely on that side now on the other side yeah, of that.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I know what you mean. Um, uh-huh. And I, I think you have a lot of experience in, in this sense. The next question for you is, uh, how do you build a team? Like, I think that's going to be a part of my job, you know, going forward. What do you look for? What, what's important to you when, when you try to like formulate a team?
1: Uh, being very, I think you build a, a team very intentionally. And I think in a lot of uh, organizations, people assume that you just pull people together and it's a team. And that does not make a team. I also think there's the flip end of the pendulum where folks are like, oh, it's all kumbaya. And that <laughs> does not make a, a team. You know, it's it's it really is, um, for me, in building a team, I think it's important as a leader to operate from your authentic self. Mm-hmm. And so one of the things that um, I do with my team, and and I actually have been criticized by um even uh, when I was in Smash, by colleagues is that I allow people to see my strengths and my weaknesses. Um, and I, I remember when I was working with Smash, some of my colleagues were like, "Well, Irene, you should let them see your challenges, and that does not make a good leader." And I just don't believe in that. And I think that um, you have to, you have to be able to let people. Leadership is so nuanced; it is not binary, right? And there are areas in which we have to make some difficult decisions. And so, giving team members the opportunity to experience the various aspects of leadership, allowing them to um, to take the lead, where um, you don't always, as the leader, you don't always have to be in the front. You can lead from behind. And so, how so creating the space for people to um, take the lead while you're still supporting them from behind, allowing them to to provide different ideas and having them be able to talk about their successes and their failures and also being able to say, like one thing that I think people get confused about with me as a leader, I'm like, you know, I want to hear what you have to say. Let's talk about X, Y, and Z. And someone might give an idea and it may not be the right thing at that time. And I'll say, well, no, not yet. And I, I think um, people often confuse when there is flexibility, uh, when you have a leader who's flexible, that that means yes for everything, and it's not. <laughs> mm. It's not. So being able to really get your team members to understand the nuances, uh, I think it's important to um, to. I think integrity, you have to have integrity, you have to be honest uh, with, with people and I, I always, I offer it from the place that people come first, right? So for instance, um, if there's something happening with someone's family, And they need some time off. I'm not a stickler for, oh, you need to sign this paper. I you it X, Y, and Z. I'm like, you know, go take care of your family. We will handle things. Now, people take advantage of, of that. I still think even when people take advantage of that, it is best for me to operate from my best self as a leader because those pieces are important to me. So it's that constant communication with your team. Um, the constant struggle you know know, being able to struggle things through with your team and what i also say to my team is that even though they may be specialists in different areas they're also generalists that we have to work together you may have to do things that you don't want to do but for the sake of the team you 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 have to be able um you, you have to you have to do it
0: got you i got you i'm gonna have to re-listen to this conversation because i know that that first time i have to address the team you know like i really want to come off i mean first i just want to bring my authentic self that's that's my main priority but as far as like one, one one of the main reasons why i left or i ran away from the opportunity four years ago is that i felt like i couldn't say no you know i was very like let me find out what you what you enjoy doing and i'm a i'm a help you specialize in that um and it'd be really hard for me to be like well yeah there's going to be a time where i might need you to step into someone else's shoes not forever but you know in times of need we're going to be able to we're going to have to be able to do that and uh yeah it was like you know my personality i'm a people pleaser kind of person so you know just having for me like i want to be able to communicate that with my team and hopefully they they can see it In me, And I guess it's part of my youth work, too, where, like, I'm not very authoritative with the youth. What I my approach to it has been kind of like, let me show you that respect. Let me give you that 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 rope. And um, and hopefully when I really need you to do what I say, that you respect the fact that I've given you like that respect and you can you can realize it for yourself. It's been working so far but I know it doesn't work all the time and maybe I've just gotten lucky with the kids I've been working with where they they can understand that from me um but yeah I kind of have to play those different roles like that's something I'm, I'm worried about yeah go ahead
1: but I think it's important right I think it's I don't think I, I don't think you have to operate outside of yourself right and this is what I learned with when I hire staff and I often try to hire staff that it, quite the opposite from me in personalities In personality. Like I don't want to hire someone. I'm a yeller. I'm a screamer, but I'm also very nuanced. So that same child that I can yell and scream at, I can hug and, and be, you know, extremely compassionate. And people don't understand that because I, I live in the gray. And so it's, it's, it it, it, it always, uh, when I see staff who try to mimic me, and they're like, blah, blah. I'm like, no, I do not want you to do that. You know, there's a thing that I often say to my staff, firm but kind, right? And but you still have to operate if you are a person who um, who's soft spoken or just has a totally different approach with kids, work work. Work from your, your 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 from who and what you are, because young people they read that too. You know they'll easily say, "Oh, you're a fake," or "You're trying to be X, Y, and Z," and so that's why I love to have a team that have um, diverse approaches with, with with young people, so that students because because youth, whether you're you're working in an after school program or in a school they should be able to have an adult within that space that they feel that they can connect to that is their person right mm-hmm. and so um and because we are so nuanced in our interactions then we have to have a staff that's also diverse and nuanced in their interaction with youth as well
0: i got you i got you mm-hmm. well uh, thank you for running down that with me oh and i know we haven't gone to the wheel in, uh, in a few minutes <laughs> I do have one more education question okay. for you and it's how have you seen education change um, from, you know, working in the early nineties to how it is now? Is there anything maybe for me going into youth work that I should kind of focus on or be aware of uh, that has changed through, through time?
1: Oh, I think the pandemic has changed, <laughs> changed education in, the, in, in, um, in, in... In a way that students are, I mean, they were questioning before in terms of, you know, like, come into this building and I'm taking six, seven classes. And why am I taking these particular classes? And what's the long-term benefit? I think because of the pandemic and so many kids were online for so long, Right. Um, students are now thinking, well, hey, there's some, I there's some things that I can teach myself. <laughs> there's some classes that I don't need to take, and, I, and that we need to rethink and reframe education. So I think education is going to change in a way that um, um, what more progressive educators have been trying to do for years, which is um, how do you educate without walls, right? that being in a school building does not necessarily mean that you are educating kids. And education is something, you know, we're we're learners. We are learning all the time, whether it is sitting outside in the park, you know, conversing with friends or going to the museum or going to the library. And how do we get to um, integrate our daily life and interaction with how we look at what learning needs to look like. Um and I think if we're able to do that, we can then um I think it would help shift our perspective so that we have um multiple perspectives in 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 how what we think about education and, and how do we engage education globally. So so this thing of going to a building um being in school from I don't know seven to five or whatever time it is you know now i i i I think the pandemic has is really pushing people to rethink education
0: that's definitely interesting um i know when i had my interview with this particular school that was something that they had brought up as far as rebuilding the school culture you know of what because all these students coming back are are, like you said kind of rethinking or have a different idea yeah. of what should, what they should be learning or how should they, they be learning and um, yeah I'm, I'm really excited to just see what I can bring in the after school hours one, one, one reason why I don't think I could be a teacher is because I feel like there's there's these standards and stuff that I feel like I need to meet or have the students meet for me to, to continue being or like for me to be seen as a good teacher um, which I I mean i'm the same way where i like to i don't think i break the rules but there's definitely things that i try to work with the kids and see what where they're at and try to work where they're at um and the difference between being a teacher and the role that i'm in um is that they don't see me as that authority authoritative figure you know they just see me as oh that's that's the adult guy in um the after school program so i feel like they they view they're more open to to me like introducing things to them other than you know maybe a teacher who they see as somebody that's just gonna tell them what to do uh, so for for me it's a different, similar different challenge but
1: I'm gonna push your thinking on that um, because okay. I, I yeah, think yeah. Um, I think the definition of a teacher is very limited and, and I don't think a teacher someone who tells students what to do I don't think that's a teacher right. Mm -hmm. Just someone saying what to do. And I think teaching, I I mean, when I look at you and even this conversation, right, between you and I, I, you're teaching me something, right? I feel like I'm learning something from you. And And I don't think you have to be one who's standing in front of a board, you know, a whiteboard. Or computer in order to teach but it is in our daily interactions what am i learning from you and so students will learn a significant amount from you right the title of i, I think in the states in, in, in the u.s um there's a very myopic definition of teacher compared to other countries where you have you know you learn from your elders you learn from the young people these folks are teaching in a variety of ways now if you're talking about them what are the teaching standards the the um the u.s teaching standards in terms of what students are supposed to meet what are those skill sets what are those outcomes i think that's very different because i still think um even the standards that are set um Uh, for 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 teachers to utilize and meet i i I think i think most educators most teachers don't do that well um Mm. because they're so stuck on um i need to do this standard and so yes i've taught the standard. so whether this child knows it or not becomes irrelevant but i've taught the standard right so are you really teaching So that's what i mean like when i say that i feel like i break the rule in that because i question i question some of the methodologies um, that, that 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 people articulate as good as good teaching and so I, I look at teaching a lot more more broadly that you don't have to be a certified someone who has the degree of a certificate of teacher to say that you are a teacher because there's so many people who hold those 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 certifications that are horrible horrible teachers and we call them a teacher
0: I got you I, got, I mean I, I feel like I've, I've come across <laughs> Those people as well um, And you know I, I definitely I'm not a title person But if I was going to Choose a title I'd li- I would like coach Coach if anything You know <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, coaches yeah. are
1: great I think coaches are the I, I really um, feel I've, I've had multiple coaches Who work with, with, with me in, um, in different capacities And I feel they are The best teachers Because mm-hmm. they're Comprehensive and how you know they, they're they're looking at you know who are you you're like region you, as a person right um what are your likes what are your dislikes they they just look at the you the whole of the human being they look at the, the young person holistically
0: sure I, I i well thank you for reaffirming that for me because that is definitely my approach or, or at least i try um but all right let's uh we have just a heads up we have about 10 15 minutes left in the Thanks. conversation and want to thank you again i hope you're having fun this has been a, a dream, dream for me so thank you
1: <laughs> i am i'm so enjoying this i can't wait to tell many <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh here we go another spin and you've got number 33 okay what's 33
1: <laughs> okay
0: what is your mission?
1: I'm still trying to figure that out. I really mm. am. You know, I, um, I I was talking to a friend about two weeks ago, and he said to me that, um, oh, I know your mission is to start schools. And I was like, no, it's not. Right? <laughs> it's not. I was like, no, no. I mean, these are things that I do, right? But it's not. I don't know. I'm still trying to figure that out.
0: Did, did you ever feel like at any point in your life that you you knew it and you no. know never never no
1: no absolutely i was you know you know how you meet some people who are like i am you know my mission in life is to do a b and c right mm-hmm. and i have always envied these people i continue to envy them because i you know i um i don't know because i feel like my mission is constantly evolving and mm-hmm. i actually feel like even right now that i'm in this trans tr- um this tr- transition period in my life as i'm trying to define what is my mission as a person who is now in her 50s right mm-hmm. what is it that i'm trying to w- what is my mission I, I feel like i'm still discovering it
0: i gotcha i gotcha i mean mm-hmm. it's 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 interesting um you know i've never had a i I guess being it's being a 10 makes me think that maybe you figured that out uh so you know yeah yeah Uh, so i I can't i can't like i can't tell myself like oh yeah once i'm a 10 i'll I'll know exactly what it is uh
1: because here's the thing right i think a 10 to me a 10 is being able to know that to know that i'm not even sure what my mission is right now in my life and i'm perfectly fine with that and i think again when we think about um even the number 10 right it's supposed to be like perfect 10. i it's it's not it's 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 i i label myself as a 10 in terms of how well i know myself because i am comfortable in my imperfection and so therefore i'm a 10 because i am so imperfect (laughs) yeah
0: and 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 you're totally cool with that like that, that's something that i think i'm getting more comfortable with as i get older and kind of you know for me i've always been kind of in denial or not in denial but um i've been too focused on what i lack than what i what i than what i can give uh and as as I've gotten older and have have had all these jobs and been a part of all these teams, it's kind of helped me realize, like, what what is it that I'm bringing and what makes me, you know, me versus everybody else. Um, and knowing that is helping me accept those imperfections or the things that I lack. It's like, OK, well, now I know what I do have and what I, what I don't have or what I bring and what I don't bring. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's a part of being a 10 or becoming a complete person is just being aware of those things. Um, but yeah and I forgot I forgot to ask you this in the very beginning but what would you say is your favorite thing about your personality
1: um the favorite thing about my personality (laughs) I think I'm so much fun I do I really think I am so much fun and I think that I am you know I'm adaptable I'm flexible I I'm the type of person that um you know if I go into an environment that's that's unknown I'm like hey let's try let's try it let's try it out and um I I I don't mind trying new things and I think that's that's a great part of my personality
0: what's the last new thing that you tried if you
1: can remember yeah Mm, the last new thing that I tried what did I do what did we do um there is there are actually a few things um you know what I've been doing lately, and I think I've been doing a really good job because I was so intimidated by it, right? Um, I've been coaching young executive leaders. And I and I was and, and I was so intimidated because I was like, nah, I don't think I can and people have been telling me for years, they're like, you know, Irene, mean, you should coach, you should, you know, work with your little like, absolutely not. And it's because, you know, remember in the beginning when I said, you know, I'm not good enough, I can't do this, right? And, um, and I find myself in this position right now where I'm coaching young leaders and I'm able to use everything in my toolkit, The you know, the, the lessons I've learned, the areas where I'm really strong and great at, and even the areas where I've, I've failed and not done more. Like, say, so, you know, hey, here's something I did that did not work well, so here's what you need to think about and so i think that's the most recent thing that i'm doing that's 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 new that i would say even two years ago i I wouldn't
0: have done it i gotcha i gotcha more stuff for me to to keep in mind (laughs) and uh (laughs) well we made it to the finishing portion of 34 questions got a few closeout questions for you this next one is oh before we get there there's a mantra that i want you to to create on the show uh there's three phrases and just you gotta fill in the blanks but is okay i am i can i will So i am blank i can blank i will blank how would you fill that in for yourself
1: i am greater than i know uh what's the
0: next one i can
1: I can do anything if I'm willing to take the risk.
0: And the last one's I will. I will
1: take the risk.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. If you ever need a reminder, you have uh, the sound bite of yourself telling yourself uh, the things you can do, things that you are, <laughs> things that you will do. Uh, and then my next question is from my previous guest. So mm-hmm. shout out to Frida for your for your question her
1: question
0: (laughs) freedom from from smash no not frida from smash No, no, no. (laughs) just just very serendipitous that that frida is like (laughs) came to you but uh frida's question for you is what power would you want like if you could have any power it doesn't have to be a superpower per se but you know just any anything that feels like you'd want as a boost or could be easier for you what, what what power would you want
1: to heal the power to heal.
0: Oh, gotcha. Yeah, gotcha. Like through through words or like you know things that come out of your
1: hands. <laughs> in, in, in whatever way I can, um, it could be through words. It could be touching people. It to just to heal, to really heal. Um, you know, when I think about this world and I think about how crazy it is right now, and i remember i used to always think about when when i would read about Hitler. and i think about well how did people allow these things to happen right and i'm living in a time when i see just some horrible things happening and um i would love to be able to just heal heal people when it's healing our minds healing our bodies how do you heal so that we can be kind to each other
0: that, that definitely makes me think of uh when when there are so many crazy things happening and people who are mm-hmm. who are making these horrible things happen mm-hmm. is it coming from a place of pain where a healer could come in and kind of like be able to heal them so they don't try to cause other people pain or or you know bring that negativity in so yeah i mean healing would be actually maybe one of the best ones for for the world you know <laughs> but yeah, I, mm-hmm. I got you i got you Uh, my next question my second to last question for you is what would you like to ask the next guest that comes down to 34 questions
1: I thought about this question and what would I like just how can we make a better world I'm in this place right now right about God how can we just make things better for one another what as you think about social responsibility right because I think as I think about the pandemic it seems like a lot of people are about self and Mm -hmm. not thinking about what's our responsibility to each other and so what is it that we can do as individuals and as community so that we are socially responsible for each other
0: that's the i mean that's the heavy question right and it's like trying to get everybody on the same page is i think the most difficult thing because i I think about it (laughs) a lot think about a lot um and that reminds me, I got to tell you my, my real quick, in a nutshell, big idea to to help with homelessness.
1: I was going to ask that because I wrote it down <laughs> and I wanted to know what is it, the big idea about helping with homelessness.
0: Alright, so in my mind, this is what I imagine. I imagine mm-hmm. maybe reusing some kind of parking structure or, you know, maybe a sh- building one but filling filling those spots up with like maybe cars that don't run anymore so we can mm-hmm. help take those cars that aren't that, you know, are able to be on the road and like refurbish them so people can, you know, have a place to sleep in mm-hmm. different parking spots. Um, it's not, it's not uh, permanent. It's just a temporary mm-hmm. thing because in the parking structures, there's going to be different services on each level. So maybe like a me- mental health, maybe job mm-hmm. uh, searching, career coaching, and then ties everything together is that I have to kind of go out there and find like. People in the homelessness communities who are leaders, and kind of present to them like, "Hey, this is something that I want you guys to run," and like show that you know this is a community that's you know from people who've experienced it, and kind of know what what they really what people really need. Because I feel like Mm -hmm. me coming in and say, "Hey, like, hey, you know, I'm going to run it," it it's not going to hit the same, and I I wouldn't want Mm -hmm. to either because I don't think I could understand the stories and struggles from from those folks, but in a nutshell that's what i would like to see kind of formulate or come upon and i don't know if, it, if anyone out there is going to hear this and be like oh let's let's give it a shot or a try but um yeah that's that's really what i want to want to pitch out there you know but, Yeah.
1: I, I think that's a brilliant idea and i actually see it come to um to fruition in that I think you can get seed money. And I think someone's going to jump on this this idea. If it's not you, um, I even see you pursuing that in terms of getting some seed money to, because you can find a a parking structure that's not huge to um, island it. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, because some of what you mentioned in terms of using old cars, because with, you know, a lot of people complain about the homelessness and say there are things such as, like, well, we have these facilities and they don't want to be there. And, and, and um, but many of the homeless people will say, well, the rule and expectation. And I think with um, using old cars, it still allows people to have a space that's their own. And even walking around and looking at a lot of the homeless encampments, right? Mm-hmm. There is a level of order there. And there is a system that should deliver food to um, just various areas. And there's a system, and there are key people who take the lead. And I think that's a brilliant idea. So whomever's out there listening, if Jen doesn't <laughs> do it himself, please, please, someone, this is a brilliant idea. Please, please, I would say pilot it. and And, and let's see.
0: And yeah, just just let me know. I would, I would just just put my name on the paper somewhere. I don't I don't need to exactly. to be the face of it. <laughs> um, but yeah, well, thank you for for the affirmation because you know I've I've talked to this with a few people and some people who work in in the homeless and yeah, homeless industry, but homeless uh mm-hmm. um, terror. I don't even know what to call it, but uh, but in that space you work in it, and they've mm-hmm. told me. I guess you know they're like, well, how do you know? people really want to do that do they really feel like sleeping in a tent on the street is there's an upgrade to like sleeping in a car in a parking structure um but you know i think it is an upgrade like if i was if i was in that position i think yeah i would want to be in a place that feels a little more solid and you know um more pr- more like it's a an environment that's a community and i know that Mm -hmm. you know in my mind too it's like going to be six months stay or a year stay depending on Mm -hmm. how long it takes for them to get back up on their feet or like find a job i feel like they can't leave until they find a job which you know Mm -hmm. would be super important um but yeah all right well we could stop there we could talk about this more another time and uh i got the last question for you the question that ties everything together um 100 maybe 150 200 years from now your great 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 uh, descendants are watching this what would you like to tell them
1: I would like to tell you know what it's actually um, there are a couple of things I'd like to tell them one would always be about again how can we make this world better how can we we do good with each other right I would also like to tell which I think is really critical is this Audrey Lord quote and Actually, word down, so I didn't. So I don't misquote it. That if I didn't define myself for myself, I would be crunched into other people's fantasies for me and eaten alive. Right. So how do you define yourself for yourself? But in doing so, um, how do you also take into consideration other people? And 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 how do we work to support each each? How do we work to support each other? And. Um, and looking back so 100 years 200 years from now you know build upon the things that we did well and try not to not try not to make the mistakes that we've, we've made because i feel like we're we continue to make mis- the same mistakes you know so so let's find a way to stop making the same mistakes and just continue to do to move forward and, and do good for each other
0: i got you Please please heed those words Because I think um, That's one of the things that The reason why we continue To make the same mistakes Is that we always think It's so far away Like those You know When it's not You know (laughs) In the grand scheme of things It's not Mm -hmm. We're not that too far apart From the You know A hundred years ago So uh, Yeah I think even a hundred years later, I, th- I hope I hope that we are building upon the things that we are we are doing well. Because I think I don't know, maybe you've seen this change in this next generation of kids. But man, I'm, I'm kind of excited to, to see where they, they take society and the world. Um, I know there's also that other side to it, though. But go ahead. <laughs> oh yeah,
1: no, no. I think it's, it's you know when you look at all of the protests that happened during the um, pandemic and the worldwide protests, right? is you have a generation of young people who, who are really fighting for change. And, um, and I think what's important is your, your need for change cannot stop with just a protest, right? How do you move into action? Because it has to move into policies that can impact change. And so being able to to, um, to do the work, to do, to do the work, and a lot of that work happens behind the scenes um, because we do have a lot of young people who say, no, we want to change. But we need just as many people who are doing the work to make sure that that change occurs.
0: For sure. Sure. Any uh, last things you'd like to add before we head out of here?
1: I have so enjoyed this with you, Jan. It is I um, I love talking to you. I think this is a wonderful thing. It brings me back to my gut. I think when you were fifteen and, <laughs> and you you all started doing podcasts. You remember podcasting was podcasting. I think you were one of the one of the young people who were involved yeah, in yeah. podcasts and then to see the evolution of it and see your involvement right now. And I always love um when young people whom I've worked with, going to working with other young people because I feel like it's payback.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's definitely turned some of my hair gray.
1: (laughs) 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 I got you. so great. And I just love what you did. I'm so proud of you. you. You did some wonderful work. This is truly, truly fantastic and phenomenal.
0: Uh, thank you for the kind words, uh, Doctor St. Roseman. Definitely appreciate you have, having you on. Like I said in the beginning, you're like a celebrity in my mind, so it, it was a, it's a big deal for me to have have you on here. Uh, I'm, I'm sure my folks too. When, once they see this, like, I'm gonna tell my mom yes. right now and no be I like, can't. and be like, hey, I just talked to. Her. <laughs> yeah, she's been I looking forward to parents. it
1: too.
0: I <laughs> love I love them. <laughs> I mean, I love them too.
1: <laughs> but uh,
0: yeah, yeah. Uh, well. I want to thank you again for stopping by uh, being open to share your perspective and your story. I definitely appreciate it. And I want to thank all the folks out there as well. If you're listening on Spotify, Apple podcasts, or watching on YouTube, appreciate your time as well. Uh, Remember to reach out, reach forward as always much love. And we'll catch you guys next time on 34 questions. Peace.
1: Peace. All right. Take care. Bye. (laughs) And and that was
0: it. Um, So yeah, that, that was the end of it. I,